0: Now, listening to the Serious Growth Podcast with your host, Leo Costa Jr. And tell you about our product. Do you want a bone-crushing grip? Good, because you're gonna get one with
1: the amazing new TRS Gripper. It's a progressive grip builder with longer handles and a special ergonomic design that's like a dozen hand grippers in one. Start off easy and work your way up to quickly
0: build your grip strength from wet noodle to pulverizing. The package includes a video from the world-famous strength coach, Dr. Russ Horine, the man
1: who works. with Leo Costa to help bring you big beyond belief in the Bulgarian power burst. Dr. Horine shows you a simple and easy to follow workout plan that takes just minutes a day right from in front of your TV set if you want. So click on the link below and let's get started building you a stronger,
0: firmer, bone crushing grip. Rachel, how are you?
1: Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you.
0: Uh, you know something, the last time that, I, that uh, we were together, uh, you were in a, a a salon chair like I was. You were right across from me.
1: You've got to be kidding me.
0: Dennis, isn't Dennis your hairstylist?
1: Yes, 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 yes. He, he brought me up. He brought you up yesterday. So now I. Okay, Come on,
0: Rachel. You're younger than me. I didn't. Yes, of
1: course. I remember you very, very well.
0: <laughs> anyway, Danny, yeah. Dennis,
1: I, I got my hair done yesterday and Dennis oh, okay. asked me, "Did you go on the bodybuilding show. Yeah. And I'm like, how does he know about that?
0: <laughs> uh, Dennis, I'll tell you what, you'll be surprised. Maybe not. I've gotten a lot of people from him uh, that's come on the podcast. Interestingly enough, he hasn't come on. I don't think he's real comfortable with the podcasting, but um
1: I don't see him as being a podcast person. Yeah, he's a
0: he man a few words in some ways, but uh he is a
1: no. man of few words.
0: Yeah. Um, but, but uh no, I, and I've gotten lots of really interesting people. So yeah, the minute I came in, he introduced me to you and you were like hair, everything was all up and you're busy yeah. like a beaver. <laughs> No, anyway.
1: That's so anyway. So, but yeah, he mentioned I literally came from him yesterday and he yeah. mentioned, did you go on the bodybuilding show? Yeah, yeah. And I I'm said, go- you know, I'm going on tomorrow.
0: <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually going to see Dennis next Friday.
1: That's so funny. Well, tell him I say hello, and yeah. you can tell him what you think of the, of the results. I love he Dennis. Me, he gave me a cut. Yeah. Um
0: Dennis so- is amazing. You know, I got into a, a while back, I got into uh, I wrote a book after my bodybuilding days called from homeless to handsome, because as a bodybuilder, I basically looked like I was homeless. You know, I just, I didn't care what I looked like, uh,
1: you look great. but I
0: didn't care when I was bodybuilding at those days, because all I cared about was being on stage. Now that was different, but when you're bodybuilding, you're so big anyway that you can't fit in a normal clothes. So you just put whatever that drapes over you. I look kind of homeless. You know what I mean? And, uh, so anyway.
1: I, I understand what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I kinda,
0: yeah. so after I got out of the sport, I thought, what the hell am I going to do now? You know, and I don't, I can't, I won't get into it. But I got into fashion, believe it or not, and that's the last thing I would have thought of. And it's called from homeless hey, to dude. handsome. I haven't published it yet, but I got into all. If you
1: do, please let me know. I have to buy a copy. Yeah,
0: so I got into that, and I learned all kinds of good stuff. You know, so Dennis, I interviewed Dennis before I got my haircut because I knew the questions to ask to see if my potential new hairstylist knew what he was talking about. I interviewed.
1: Yeah. So he cuts your hair.
0: Yeah. He cuts my hair. Yeah,
1: He does. He does a nice job. Your hair looks really good.
0: Oh, he's awesome. You know, I was just telling my Jason next to me that he, uh, my hair looks good without any product from the day he cuts it to five weeks or four weeks when I go back. Yeah.
1: To you know, what's interesting <laughs> about Dennis is like, I make appointments with him, but I'm like, he, we always say you could have gone another month. Yeah. That, yeah. like because his, his his like you know he highlights my hair yeah. the blonde lasts for so long yeah. that you know i i could go longer you know yeah. and i'm not used to that which is great because it's not so good for your hair to always get right. a highlight so it's right. good to like go as long as you possibly can you know
0: yeah. and i've i've uh, what i learned from uh, dennis is that the market of a good hair haircut and a hairstylist is that you don't need you just i have one where i do nothing with my hair except put water and I go, yeah. and it looks, I mean, he's a, it's amazing. Here's uh, Tyler. Anyway, as uh, as welcome a, to Serious Girl podcast.
1: I wish I could say it the same, but I don't <laughs> yeah. have to do a lot of maintenance. Yeah. I don't have to do a lot of maintenance. Right. So.
0: right. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Serious Girl podcast. I'm glad that you came on. What Thank I remember. Thank you
1: for having me. I'm sorry about missing last that's, time. That's I appreciate okay. it. Thanks no, for being so yeah. understanding.
0: No problem. No problem. Now, okay, so you're going give, to give us a little background, but you are a doctor, and you have written some children books. So why don't you maybe tell our, the people that we're introducing you to what kind of doctor are you? Tell, tell us you had an interesting, interesting story that happened to you in New York. Okay.
1: Can, you a- avoid, can we avoid yes. that? Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. No problem with that. So okay. I'd appreciate not- it.
1: I'm not, I'm not going public with that story yet. I will eventually.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, no problem with that. So why don't you just take us what uh, kind of doctor uh, that you are and how did you get into writing it's a, it's a certain type of book. I'll let you explain that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me, when, just tell me when, anytime.
0: We're, oh, we've been on the whole time.
1: Oh, we're live. Okay, great. All right. <laughs> well, um, thank you. Well, I, you know, I am a surgical oncologist. I do breast cancer surgery. So that's, you know, my, my main training and, um, and you know, the type of, of surgery that I perform. So women who have breast cancer or who have high-risk lesions, um, that could lead to breast cancer, high, you know, high-risk family histories, uh, counseling, things like that. Um, that was the type of medicine that I, that I, that I have practiced for all this time. I have taken a break, um, as an aside, I um, I got involved in a biotech venture. I'm the CEO and founder of a biotech company called Calum Diagnostic Solutions. Um, I figured out how to render a biopsy result in about five to 10 minutes. So normally when someone goes for a biopsy because they have something that looks suspicious for cancer, it takes um, five days, maybe yeah. longer, sometimes a little shorter uh, to get the results back. But we're doing it in five minutes while the patient is still in the procedure room, we can I think,
0: that's, I think that's huge. I mean, you know, with something like yeah, that happens, thank you. Five days to wait for a result would be a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it it's a nightmare, nightmare
1: anyway. for the patient. It's a nightmare for the hospitals. It's a nightmare. You know, it's 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 high cost. It's, it's There's a whole yeah. cascade of events that happened because of this delay. Yeah. So so my company is solving that problem, um, yeah. as we speak. So that's number one. Um, but at the same time, I also um, I realized a li- a lifelong passion of mine, which was which was to write. Um, I do write, I I do write novels as well. Um, but right now I'm focusing on a children's series um, called Dr. Rue. So, um, it's a character that I came up with when I was a medical student, you know, during pediatrics rotation, I, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to go into pediatrics. I loved kids, but I, I knew that that wasn't, um, uh, how to explain it. It's, it's uh the, the topics in medicine it just it just it wasn't it, it wasn't for me it wasn't a good fit yeah for me um so you know for, and and, I'll, and and to be to be more explicit about that i will tell you that you know in the hospital the kids were really 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 sick yeah and that broke my heart and outside of the hospital when you do outpatient medicine there's a lot of ear infections and you know sinus infections and i i wanted a little more variety something a little more I would I don't want to say challenging, but I wanted something um, you know, something a little more cerebral than 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 the sort of run-of-the-mill ear infection type things. Right. Pediatricians deal with very complex things. I am not in any way uh, you know, denigrating what they do. They they right. they have to make some very complicated uh decisions and and deal with very complicated situations, but that's the run-of-the-mill day for a pediatrician. Yeah outside you know in the in the outpatient setting yeah so I wanted to do you know once I discovered that I like working with my hands I wanted to do something surgical and I decided I I was going to treat adults so this was my way of sort of giving back to the to the to the kitty population to the children yeah, um, was to write was to write these books so I came up with a a series that um Basically each book deals with a medical problem of some sort that usually affects kids. Mm -hmm. I use animals. So they affect a certain type of animals of a certain culture. Um, The culture is not that relevant. I just wanted to put in some cultural lessons. So whether Mm -hmm. it's sun protection or hand washing or nutrition or whatever it is, I have it affecting a certain culture. Yeah. Like I said, just to bring in the cultural lessons and to introduce the kids to a new, a new place. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Rue, who is our hero, um, she has to little by little narrow down what's causing the kids to get sick. So I send the kids on a health mystery, on an adventure. So um, and I make it really exciting, like, you know, what could be causing them to be sick from this cause or that cause or this cause or that cause. And I send the whole team racing after each cause um, so that it so that it does form, um, you know, a a storyline of an adventure until she finally figures out what's wrong with with the kids so that they can usually what I've been doing is I have them do a dance or some sort of performance at the end of the story that, uh, Oh, we, these cubs are sick and we need them to perform at the 4th of July parade, but they can't move. Yeah. They're sick. So we have to figure out what's wrong with them so that they can perform. So that's been, you know, how most of the stories go. And in this most recent one, we really focus on nutrition very heavily.
0: Okay. And you know, the thing that what I'm hearing from you, which I think is very creative, is that you're taking like the sickness of some of these kids, I, I'm assuming some of them are really, really sick. But you're it seems like you're doing it in a way where you're, you're kind of lightening the mood in a way, but yet still getting a message to them and they're willing to participate which is kind of a distraction in a way for maybe some of them that really understand what's going on with them if they're old enough well
1: i mean you know i i've deliberately chosen you know i am not trying to take just for purpose of this discussion like multiple sclerosis or, or juvenile you know rheumatoid arthritis or something yeah. very complicated for a kid that you know has a complicated treatment and and make a book out of that i'm trying to take common issues um you know common mostly preventive uh health problems that affect all of us and use those uh, as the basis for the stories um you know my goal is I don't want to scare the kids right Um, you know I want I want the kids to feel empowered um happy like they have a lot of control over their health which they do Um, you know, especially when when it comes to topics like nutrition or sun protection or things like that, there's a, kids have a lot of kids and their parents have full control over, over the, the outcome of the kid's health in those situations, you know? So, um, I, I recently you'll find this funny, but I, I have a pediatrician friend who said that there's an outbreak of STDs, um, or
0: STIs.
1: Uh, sexually transmitted infection amongst young kids.
0: Really? Um,
1: Yes. And he said, if you're looking for a topic, and I said, thank you for the (laughs) (laughs) the recommendation. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, so, I, don't,
1: I don't see myself writing a book about, about that because you know I just you know getting into that topic and, and trying to explain it to parents and kids, yeah, is just a little bit like dicey and um yeah. and and not something that that you know the Dr. Rue series really wants to get into, you know. My next topic will probably be bullying or something to that yeah. to that effect.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there's a wide range of things you go into now as far as the nutrition and how you make that fun and relevant to the kids what's your what's your strategy how do you do that
1: well i mean i'll i'll, I'll try to be specific without 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 a spoiler um this recent topic it's called uh Who in the case of the picnic pirates so right out of the gate you've got a you've got an interesting title right yeah. you've got uh what are the picnic pirates you right. know um basically you know, I want that- to turn the page <laughs> right that's exciting right yeah. and uh, and uh Dr. Rue gets called to uh Washington DC she's Australian based and um one of the mayors says all of our bear cubs are sick they're sick we don't know what to do they you know they are they're sick in a vague way some of their tummy hurts uh, some of their tummies hurt rather um some of them are just off like off the wall they're just running around like crazy so they're they're sort of sick in a vague way, and it's 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 a challenge because they don't all have the same symptoms.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so Dr. Ru gets called to try to figure out what's wrong with them, and so she has to rule out whether they have the, the bear flu. Um, <laughs> funny things like are they watching too much bear TV?
0: Um, <laughs> That's good. You know,
1: are, are they over hibernating or over sleeping or something like that? So so I I, I put in some some you know funny concepts in there and i also teach what like hibernation is right in the process until she finally figures out what's what's wrong and a series of events happen that uh that go into showing that basically the the food from the fourth of july picnic has has gone missing so she sort of puts two and two together and realizes that the cubs got into the got into the food they shouldn't have gotten into and didn't stop
0: that's, so, that's an interesting concept it really is
1: right so they 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 made themselves you know hopped up on sugar and got themselves sick from, yeah. eating, from eating bad food from eating not bad foods but you know too much of the wrong foods right? and uh and even and even too much of the right foods they just ate too much you yeah. know because
0: that that's um, also a problem
1: so you know it's in it, 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 and. and I have at the end of the book, a whole, I have one of the characters doing a rap and, um, you know, I can't really do the rap, but he goes, my name is F.P. Louie. F.P. stands for food pyramid. And I'm here to say what you eat, uh, what you eat every day can make or break your day, make or break your day, make or break your day, make your day. And then he goes into this whole, you know, every, uh, from all the uh, areas of the food groups, he talks about the different, Types of foods that are important for you how much of of which types of foods you should be eating um, and why um and and what that will do for you for your energy levels for your health levels and things like that
0: yeah so what, what is the age group of the people that you're mainly targeting
1: it's generally four to eight but um i have found that uh even the older kids like 10 to 12 they they like these books um see those kids can be reading complex books right a 10 year old a 12 year old is already reading a a 200 page book um but um you know i have a niece and a nephew that are exactly that age and they're you know they read harry potter and you know complex books but they still really love reading these books because i you know to use a phrase i don't dumb it down for the kids like i'm actually i use complex words uh complex thoughts and complex ideas and so every child and the adults can learn from these books yeah um i can promise you that most adults don't know what goes into the food pyramid right. and they right. can read these books and learn about what goes into the food pyramid so you know, I like to say there's really almost no age cap on this because everyone can learn from them. Yeah. And then even the younger kids, like let's say two to three years old, I have an amazing illustrator. Her name is Irina Dringova and she's from U- the Ukraine. And I don't know if you have any pictures of the, of the, of the, uh, of the, of the, you know, storyline to show, but she is such a talented illustrator that these pictures are just coming to life. So even if you're, two years old you know a two-year-old will giggle looking at the uh at the pictures yeah the pictures are just are just so powerful so um even though a two-year-old will not understand the meaning of uh of the text uh they will understand or at least they will uh be able to be entertained by the pictures
0: let me ask you this because I'm trying to. I always try to correlate like the stuff that I do because I'm in personal development, which is this is in that path as far as I'm concerned. You're trying to help people, obviously empower them. Okay, so I do the same damn thing. Yeah,
1: from a young age.
0: Yeah, but my frustration and my big obstacle, which I, I'm not concerned about the obstacle necessarily, but the truth is, it's hard to get people to keep following through to be successful. So many people self sabotage and you know so i guess the question is this how do you know how i mean what you're telling me sounds fantastic i i really get it and but what's the in game how do you know just exactly how much you're impacting those people
1: right i this is a hard one because i'm not going around collecting data on right. on the book you know i'm not um you know handing out surveys and um and, uh, you know, following them up long-term. I mean, it would be almost impossible with something like this because, right. you know, these books are, you know, meant to be mass produced and go out to, you know, thousands of people. Right. Um, you know, a lot of it is—is—is is, 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 has got to be, you know, that you self-police, that you, um, you know, you educate and you self-police. But one thing I have to tell you, I mean, I don't know, You know, I've learned quite a bit about about nutrition myself in my life, which I didn't, you know, I I love my mother, but, um, and she always made nutritious foods, but she didn't teach about it. Right. Mm. So I never knew what was nutrition, what wasn't nutritious. I mean, some of it's obvious, but um, once you know, once it's in here, once someone's taught you what is, is nutrition what's not. Once someone has taught you that you need to put sunblock on or you're going to get burned, you know that information.
0: Yeah.
1: Like that information isn't going anywhere. And um, so every time you go into the fridge and you reach for something that's not healthy, there's going to be something in your brain that's going to kick off a little bit of guilt, maybe a little bit of like, um, you know, I really shouldn't be doing this um, because you know better. Right. And um, I think that's very, very powerful. Um, you know, when you don't know better, when you don't haven't been taught about nutrition or, uh, or an equivalent subject, uh, then how do you know, you know, right. what type of food choices you're making? What's the difference between ice cream and uh, a grilled chicken? Um, or, or a piece of broccoli, like you you just don't know. But once you know, it's very hard to then override your good common sense and your intellect and tell yourself that you're eating healthy when you're not
0: Here, here's what I think okay my two cents because one of the things I talk about in my line of work uh, the, a part of the being successful is getting to the point where repetition is the mother's skill you know you start now I, what I could see maybe because the way that you're explaining your book to me it sounds like a certain amount, and I don't know what percentage of people might read that that book over and over again. So that's I think they should. Well, you know what I mean. But and even if, like you're saying, that's how they would actually get that in their head because they they're seeing it again and again. I mean, that definitely, I think, would make a a real difference in that. You know, what my kids, and this is not really a good example, but I got my kids started exercising when they're uh, ten years old because I learned that you can exercise kids. The pre- prepubescent, if you know how to do it, and here's here's the 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 truth. I started them at that age, and repetition. They had to come into the gym three days a week, and you know what? It's a way of their life now. It's just automatic. Oh, and
1: absolutely, and all kids should be exercising. You know what whether, I mean? Whether listen, you are a pro, so you know you you probably. You know, know very specifics about how to exercise the children, but even in you know, even in schools, and things like that, you know, kids should be doing uh, highly active, right? You know, physically active uh, activities. Well, um, and, you know, and they've they taken
0: they, that out. They, of, as far, they've taken that out of the school, and so they, that's, they a, that, that's a death sentence to the kids. I'm sorry.
1: I think it's very wrong. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, you know, luckily a lot of kids still do it as extracurricular, but um, you know, it's it's um, I mean, I can remember the days when I used to have to do physical education during school. And <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I I don't know how much I got out of it playing dodgeball or whatever, whatever yeah. sort of semi uh, you know, um semi-active sport that we were doing. I, you yeah. know, there, there was there was like it was half lethargy and half activity. And I wouldn't say it was optimizing, you know, your your health, but there needs to be s- some awareness about physical fitness oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. with
1: children. There there needs to be um uh, because once you get them on a track where they're not doing anything, um that's that's hard to break.
0: It is. And what, one of the things I did to try to overcome what you're talking about, because I know some stats on on the young kids, like one in four, one in five have high blood uh, sugar already, and it's leading to heart disease, and that's proven to the stroke and all that stuff that you're talking about. And the parents are, are just as much as a culprit, if not more than their own kids. And so I thought, okay, that's the obstacle. So I go to the schools and I say, I'll provide because I worked out a deal with somebody that would pick up kids in a, in a three mile uh, radius said, bring them to my gym. So there's no, the parents say, ah, we can't get them there. I can get them there. And just because it goes to what you're talking about, it really doesn't matter the weight training. It's more, even if it's just body through space and calisthenic oriented,
1: if they're it's, jumping rope if they're yeah. if they're jumping rope if they're doing a little bit of shadow boxing if they're yes. doing um swimming if they're doing um you know basketball uh you know
0: now the activity really doesn't matter and my idea was building that discipline they, you know i got to go i'm going to be there 3 days a week we have a car picking you up and you're coming there because yeah. that's what I did with my kids. And it turned into a daily and a lifestyle ritual. And I think
1: that's great. And then you have to combine that with what uh, what I'm talking about with exactly. this, which is the nutrition. And All if right. you and if, and if you go ahead and get this book, um, which is the case, it's not out yet, it'll be out in a week or two. Yeah, the case of the of the uh, of the picnic pirates, you will learn a fascinating amount about uh, what the kids should be eating.
0: Yeah, and, that's awesome.
1: Um, and and then you know, combining that with their with their uh, physical training is going to put them in optimum shape.
0: Absolutely, no for question. For life,
1: life, and those habits, they're not going to die. They
0: they're won't. Gonna,
1: you know, when they're twenty five years old, they're going to have those habits.
0: Always, my kids to this day. My got the kids that are forty and thirty nine. Oh wow! And, yeah, okay. I don't, don't. I don't never, look like you have a
1: forty nine.
0: <laughs> you know I mean, when I first started uh, doing this, they were fighting me a little bit, but I told them, "said you're, they're, they're athletes. I said, if you're going to play sports, what I learned from when I was in Eastern Europe with the sports doctors, blah, 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 is that if you do that, if and when you get hurt, you'll bounce back 50% faster than the people that aren't exercising. And so they fought me in the beginning, but you know what? Once they got through past that little phase and they just became, okay, we're just going to the gym. We're not having this internal debate. Dad won't have it type thing. Well, it's, it's golden. They're still doing it on their own and, you know, they'll do it to their kids. I'm sure of it. It just passes itself down.
1: It's it's funny because I discovered um, I was a tennis player. Right. So, so I always had physical fitness in my life to some degree. Right. I was a pretty serious tennis player competitive, you know, growing up, but um, I didn't cross train. Um, And I I knew nothing about, Cross training and you know sadly it 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 made me an inferior tennis player because instead of growing my quads and growing my muscles and 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 um you know I'm I'm little I'm about five foot three so uh to, in order to compete I I had a very very power I had a power stroke but um in order to compete more because of my small stature I needed to really get into the gym and build muscle, but nobody ever taught me that my coaches never taught me that it just wasn't part of the culture. And it, it just, you know, it just sort of escaped. And so at the age of 19, I discovered the gym, I discovered the Stairmaster and weightlifting and all this. And I have to tell you the high that came with discovering, you know, you know, the, um, um, you know the uh, the, the there's, there's 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 a bit of euphoria because you uh, we call it the
0: runner's high. It's a runner's high.
1: You're releasing endorphins when exactly. you're um, when you're exercising, and I, I I since that time I I've never given up working out, and I I only wish that I would have put that together with my sport.
0: Yeah. Because
1: that would have yielded I mean that's what professional athletes do obviously but exactly. you know, it would have yielded um uh, I think even better results for my sport when I was when I was playing and that's a performance issue but in terms of a health issue overall um I think it would have been healthier as well because talk about balancing your muscles and preventing injuries you know yeah. I had this I had a wrist injury from tennis and um you know, you could easily injure your legs or, you know, trip on something. And, and, you know, so, so that strength training, that strength building is a very important part of, I think, any sport. And, um, and like you said, even if you don't play sports, it's, it's even more important Then yeah. then it becomes about your health.
0: Well, let me tell you something. It's this, this training that here's what I talk about in my line of work, but it applies to everyone, not just people in sport. Okay. There's three components, uh, arguably a fourth one, which is your mindset, but three components that you must implement in any kind of a routine or regimen that you do resistance training of some kind. It doesn't have to be weight training, but resistance training, cardiovascular conditioning and nutrition. And of those three components, the most difficult and misunderstood one is nutrition, uh, you know, and you're nailing it because you're that's what you're focusing. It's very
1: on. complex. Nutrition yeah. is very complex. And um, I've, you know, I'll, I'll be honest here. I'm 47 years old. I've lived through iterations of the egg being the worst food on okay. the planet for okay. you right okay i I, when i was growing up we were told if you ate an egg you would drop dead of a heart attack on the floor okay now we know that eggs is eggs are the perfect protein and there couldn't be a more healthy food right like not to pop them but you know you have you have to having a hard-boiled egg is a very healthy practice um if you're if you're non-vegetarian whatever Um, so I, I've lived through, you know, and butter, right. Butter was like the worst thing on earth, but now we're finding that butter's better for you than some of these, uh, some of, some of these synthetic oils. And, you know, so, so talk about a complicated, you know, issue, which is nutrition, you know, because every, I would say every five years, we sort of change our minds about what's healthy. And first there's the superfood and now, you know, an acai berry is healthy, but maybe there's too much sugar in it. And, you know, it's 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 quite complicated.
0: And how, how can the average person possibly, I mean, you and I are in it. I'm in it every damn day. I'm always looking for at, at the latest uh, research, like what you're talking about. And it's like so much of this stuff is absolutely backwards compared to the information that's actually out there. And a good example of that is what you're talking about with the egg and butter and things like that, you know, and it's always changing. So that's the big challenge. You know for you when you're writing these books so what no so how are you going to keep um getting back to the um success of the children that are, are reading your book well are you I are you
1: making oh sorry go ahead, go ahead
0: no i was gonna say are you making like another you said you're making a different series are you making another series that would be something that this person who bought your first series for the kids will buy another series oh.
1: So far I have uh three books and a coloring book. So my first book is about um well you can really put them in any order but I have a book about about an opera star that keeps getting sick and she's um she's getting she she's she's subject to germs and she's not doing proper hand hygiene and uh you know germ hygiene practices and that's why she keeps getting sick. So that's that's lesson number 1 for kids is how to prevent you know germs.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I have another book that is about, like I said, sun protection. So um. You know the 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 little piglets of Hawaii are are getting uh, blotchy uh, red skin, and they don't know why. Yeah. Um. So she go. You know, again, Dr. Drew goes through all of her different causes to determine why they're getting blotchy red skin. Um. And so that's topic two. And then topic three would be the nutrition book. So um, I plan to uh, focus on on that as a series right now, give it a little bit of time, and then I'll write another four books. Right. Um, you know, so, um, and like I said, my, my, my next topic for what's calling out to me is bullying.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's a good one.
1: I think that you know uh what goes on in schools with um with certain kids bullying other kids yeah. is an academic and it's uh it's it's especially now with uh with computers and cyberbullying yeah. and what, what we have the capacity to do um it's it's very insidious and very wrong so I wanted to write a book about about that, um, about you know, a group of animals that are bullying another right, right. Of animals kind of a thing. Um, I have uh I, I want to write one on dental health, um, you know, pr- cavity prevention.
0: Yeah, that'd be good.
1: Um, and I wanna, and of course, one on exercise. I have not written an exercise one. So I have um uh gosh, uh the case of the sleeping sloth. <laughs> so there's going to be a, a slothy animal somewhere in South America that the kids are mimicking and yeah. uh, they're and they're and they're sleeping. They're not they don't want to move. Yeah. So, um, you know, the the purpose of that book is going to be how to overcome, you know, or uh, I suppose Dr. Roo will have to figure out why they're not moving. And right. and eventually it'll come to figuring out that there's a sloth here. Yeah, and yeah. she's gotta she's gotta take the sloth and say you you need to go live over there or something to that effect, right? Because it's keeping the kids from exercising. Yeah. So, um, I'll do a whole uh book on exercise.
0: Yeah, that's so- right. Your your mind is very active. I mean, you're really out there. I I I like that because I I'm the same way. I you know I sit and I have a lot of uh, of uh, alone time. And boy, a lot of stuff goes on there, you know, but you get so many good <laughs> ideas. And uh, you I mean, I like the I like your take on on what you're doing, because I think that's really, uh, you know, t- that's kind of your USP, I think your unique selling uh, proposition to these oh, people that, that are reading these books. I'm going to go back and uh, to the bullying part. It's funny how, you know, life is always changing and how I was raised by my parents and how things are now, you know, I'm not discounting any of it. Whether it's good or bad, as it relates to bullying, bullying was part of our growing up when I was growing up in school. It just was my parents. I mean, they raise us. Not that parents aren't raising their kids tough, but my parents is like, you know, it's just part of the deal, and we had to learn how to adapt. It was. By the way, it
1: reminds me of the. It reminds me of the egg. I guess you know there. There might have been different mechanisms as to how to get through that. Um, you know, but you know, sadly these days i don't know when you were growing up if you saw suicides
0: uh you
1: know um no, you know and, that. And, and, and we're seeing that in our generation yeah, and that, that's that's the, that's the part that's on that that can't happen
0: yeah you know? and like i said but you know back in my days when growing grew up as a kid way different then what's happening now and i'm a, I'm a I'm it might
1: have been a more accepted part of life and that you know yeah. you got beat up you beat them up back i don't know yeah. you know whatever but but, but but that's not happening so much <laughs> these days and you know as you know kids are now you know they kids are coming up with you know a lot of their own personal identities um their gender yeah. identities and other things so it's a lot of fodder for a lot of bullying
0: yeah, and I can see that. um,
1: and you know, and 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 it's it's not okay.
0: No, it's um, not.
1: And some of these kids do are not equipped. I would say the people that get bullied, they're not equipped to to be able to survive, uh, the bullying. Right. Um. Necessarily, depending on what happens with the school and their parents, and you know, every 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 situation is unique, but um. You know, and I would say cyberbullying is 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 a is a new animal that we never had to grow up with, right? Um, You know, when people on online tell you go kill yourself,
0: yeah, it's, it's, they, it's I awful. Mean, yeah, it's people
1: awful. do that. Like bullies will do that, and and then people actually go do that. They actually yeah. go kill themselves, and yeah. because because like a a nine year old doesn't yet have the the neural connections to understand what they're being told. They just, they just feel the pain. Yeah. You know, so, um, a new, a new approach has to be taken, you know, a new approach has to be taken to prevent God forbid, serious tragedies. So, um, that's, that's kind of why I want to shine a spotlight on it. And, you know, listen, the people that are doing the bullying, they, they come from their own pathology. You know, they have their own lesson that they have to, this is not, this is not to say, hey, you're a bully, stop bullying. No, no, they have to also understand why they're doing their bullying and, um, and, and, and why they need to stop and and why the consequences of their actions are so severe.
0: You know, when I was, uh, again, very, I was lucky when I was growing up that I got into sport sport has saved my life in a lot of ways, especially by
1: a lot of people. Yeah. You,
0: you know what I mean? And and that's the one of the things when I was being bullied, when I look back, cause I was bullied and I had a, my sporting career helped, um, overcome that. You know why? Because I was a good athlete. I was you were a good, a good athlete.
1: athlete and you got big, but you know, some kids don't get big. I,
0: right. I, I, the you point that I'm making is that I had an outlet that happened to be, a life lesson because it taught me about discipline because people made fun of my big lips and i had a forehead that stuck out like frankenstein brutal brutal no really that was, like, yeah but it hurts i know i can understand how that yeah. that so that i was lucky you know i i was bullied too
1: <laughs> you know I, I was bullied too i because i was so small i was so little um you know when i, I i'll tell you that um I was four feet tall in in middle school. yeah. And uh, then my mother took me to the doctor because she was worried I was never going to gain stature. And the doctor said, if she hits five feet ever in her life, it's going to be a miracle. Really. You know, they they evaluated something called my yeah, bone. Yeah, eugenics, you know? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: so Real. um, and somehow, you know, me, me hitting five foot three, I'm a Woo! runaway man. Like, yeah. let me tell you, like, um, you <laughs> know, the fact that I hit five three was was uh was like a huge coup, but but all throughout those developing years when um you know other girls were you know hitting their stature, hitting five six. Um, you know and then developing uh uh-huh. you know going through puberty i I I went through puberty very very late like when yeah. I was 15 16 so I, it was it was fodder for being laughed at and made fun sure. of it, it I have to tell you being on that side of that curve boy did that hurt it
0: hurts a lot I mean oh,
1: did that hurt and there was nothing and there's nothing you can do about it No,
0: you know, there, I, like it's said, not like
1: I can change I can. Cha- I can you know, wear stilts and uh, you know, and 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 pretend to hit puberty. I there's nothing you can do.
0: Right, so, exactly.
1: you know, and and you know, and for some reason the other kids don't I'm not sure what's missing, why kids don't understand that not all children develop at the same rate and the same yeah. age, and that's not a reason to bully them.
0: Yeah, they're all we're all consumed at that at that age, they have no clue obviously they're
1: looking at a feature and they're judging it as opposed to realizing there's a whole inner person here and
0: way too soon
1: (laughs) and and, hey you know uh, jason may be the funniest kid on earth but we're not giving him a chance because we think he's got a big forehead or something yeah Yeah. just it's just i'm
0: so sensitive about the big forehead Uh, you don't you
1: do not you do not let me i'll go on record here you do not have a big forehead my, at all. my, my head
0: forehead. my bottom part of my face grew into that sucker I, that was like <laughs> uh, what's that what, no. Jason, what was that uh, program uh, the adams family you remember that yes, yes. yeah yeah i was that guy oh, adams, no. Yeah, no 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 no, 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 no no okay i'm gonna ask no, you no. this okay so you're an oncologist um and you're doing these books. Do you ever see yourself uh, transitioning completely away from medicine, or will you always have a hand in that? What does that look well, like? Well, uh,
1: this biotech is very all-consuming, and and um, you know I see myself doing that for at least a very long period of time. Um, when you know, and if you know, um, you know, hopefully that succeeds. Um, you know, that will, that will make a difference for millions of people. Um, you know, I will have really achieved what I wanted to achieve out of medicine because um, I I've always been a little bit of a contradiction in terms like I love medicine. I love helping people, but I like, I like helping people on a global scale even more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I, if I could help one person, great, but if I could help a million people, yeah. you know, I'm, 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 I feel even more fulfilled. So um once that's done will i go back to practicing um medicine it's possible it's it's very possible um
0: yeah. so and i'm, I'm it's, assuming it's one of those things you can always go back to
1: uh yeah i i mean you know the skills are never are never gone and yeah. um you know i just i'm just taking it one day at a time right now but, in, in in a way like you know i'm i'm in a an interesting phase of life where i decided i wanted to pursue some of these passions right um that i've never pursued before
0: i think and I that's was also awesome. a
1: little and i was always a little scared
0: let me tell you uh, something you well you got to trust that and the thing with me is like i was born and raised in my culture portuguese i was born and raised ah, the, the, next, <laughs> the next generation is going to take over the dairy business and the farm right wasn't, it, wasn't it in my blood. I was like an outcast in my own damn family back then, because it was like, even when I was the first one to go to college and my uncles and my family telling my dad, don't let that kid go. It's going to ruin him. You know, that, that kind of thing. Amazing. Talk about guilt, you know? And so I came it back. It
1: is introspective and an interesting thing. You know, it's just, and you, then know, I, you, went, you went to college and had this, you know, you did this amazing thing. And, yeah.
0: but I ended up on the dairy, you know, as it turned out. And what took about three or four years, I realized that I was so sad and so frustrated. I just hated my life, you know, and I was already married with the small children. But I tell you what I did. I told myself, because I wanted to be a pro athlete more than anything. And I told myself when I was in that situation on the dairy, I said, I, I, I'm I, not going to be able to be an athlete, you know, a football player or a baseball. Player. I'm, too, I'm uh, too old now to really do that to be competitive at that level. And all I could do to, to ease the pain was I I made a promise to myself. I said, if I ever am able to get a chance to do something that I love, that gave me that buzz that the athletics did, I'm not going to question it because that's going to be my passion. And I'm going to bank and I'm bet on that passion. And one day I went to the uh, gym because I got in the worst shape of my life at the age of 27 bodybuilding the bug bit me when i competed wow. i knew at that i knew at that point i could teach people how to and there was no one doing this in my town back then it was a lot different uh, rachel there was no personal trainers in my area la san francisco yeah but it's not like it was today
1: where, where were it, you can i ask central what?
0: california you know where fresno is yes sure okay i'm 40 miles south of fresno no one was doing it and i was at that i was at that crossroad i jumped I, it was scary as hell because no one was doing it. but the the thing is passion is I think that is the best thing that one should listen to because everything else it figures itself out, at least from my perspective. I mean it was I mean, scary.
1: The way I, the way I look at it is this is if it if it's passion, you know, uh, this, these books are the perfect example. I'll come up with an idea, like like the idea that I just came up with about the sloth or whatever. I didn't just come yeah. up with that that was in my head. But if, you know, and 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 I'm I I've put in a lot of effort to putting in these these last four books. So I do need a little bit of a break. Yeah. But when I wrote this last picnic pirates, and once I outlined the ideas for it, okay, and I knew what I wanted to do, I I wrote it in one night.
0: Yeah. Amazing so, how-
1: and, and that's not to say like, Oh, I'm special. I wrote a book in one night. This is to say, you know, I was so passionate about it right. that I couldn't put it down until it was done. I just exactly. couldn't, you know. Yep. And Absolutely. um, you know, and I and I feel a lot, I feel that way about, you know, about Kalum, my um, my biotech company. Um, so, you know, once, you know, a business plan. I've never written a business plan. I wrote a 50 page business plan in, in like a day and a half, you know. Yeah. So when you get passionate about things game changer. It's hard to put it down. I know. And, and, you know, and and I guess that would apply to your to your weights. You can't put it down, you know, like um really. you know, once you get bitten by that bug, um you know and the cool
0: the cool thing about it is this is when I learned to 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 trust my instinct. You know, because Yes. I was too afraid to trust it until that point. And I had a, it was that moment of truth well,
1: because you don't know if you're going to succeed or fail.
0: Exactly. But the passion I think is the deal breaker. And I'm, I can tell, look, it's all over you. You're just oozing with passion. So oh, it's, quite, it's quite obvious that you're into what you're doing and it's very infectious. You know, it rubs off on people. I know that because people are constantly telling me, God, you're so passionate about what you do. I don't notice it. You know, it's just something that just, it's just me so it's, you, I, do, you do you do,
1: you're you. you you're, you're making honestly you're making me think that i can go out and bodybuild i can't but
0: <laughs> oh, it's crazy it's crazy um uh, okay actually, well uh, you're,
1: you're in a field that's that's hard to duplicate because very few people can actually become bodybuilders right this is not an easy thing to do um, one of the hardest
0: things i've done Excellent. One of the
1: hardest things that Ed, I think any human can do is, is become a bodybuilder, but yeah. uh, it's, 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 it's exciting. Like, you know, to have that as a goal. Wow. Cause uh, well, know, that, that's a challenge.
0: Well, and here's the thing, what it teaches you is all about life and life lessons because think about this a moment to go into the gym and do it. Like we do this bodybuilders. We have to take ourselves into the gym every single day and cause suffering. We put ourselves in suffering because the body won't respond unless you do that. Wow! When you get to the point where I'm at, forty years of doing this, I have no internal debate. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I just go and do this thing. And and what a life lesson! It's taught me how to deal with setbacks. It's taught me how to overcome obstacles. Isn't life just that?
1: Yeah, you're right. Listen, you know it's I mean? like a like it's a, like a microcosm for. Yeah. for- for other things, and Save you know, my life. Sad, sadly in life, things can sometimes get very serious. Yes, and um, you know, it's good to have those skills to be able. You know, we talked about bullying on that end of the spectrum, but what happens when you get older, and then there the are problems of older age, exactly. Um, I'm there, <laughs> which, are, which are quite which are quite can be can be quite challenging yep. um so to have some of those skills to be able to to deal with it is well
0: and you so know life is, as, you know, as you know life is there's no finish line until you're dead so there's stuff always coming at right. you good and bad so how do you learn how to deal with that i mean bodybuilding it taught me that i had three strokes in three weeks ten years ago paralyzed yeah i if it wasn't You'd for never
1: no wow if it,
0: if it wasn't for my background those are the lessons that I learned to overcome obstacles. So there's a lot of life lesson. You're teaching people to some degree a life lesson, probably more a than a lot of people, know.
1: not to change the subject because that's I mean, I'm just blown away by what you just told me. But um, you know, a lot of people have asked me writing children's books. How do you write a children's book? You know, yeah. like like it's scary. Yeah. How do yeah. you write a children's book? You know, I you know, I'm like, well, I don't know how to write for a four to eight-year-old and uh, and I, I'll be honest, I I got involved with the publisher, uh, who wasn't the right fit for me. And she, I had written some stuff in the past, um, and she just published it. Yeah, it wasn't very good, um, but she put it out there.
0: Yeah,
1: and and and, and uh, we got the illustrator, or whatever, and put a book together. And only once I saw, you know, that product was I was I able to analyze it and say. Okay. This is not what I want to be putting out. This is how I want to do it. Right. And then and then I formed my formulated my style. Right. And interestingly, once I formulated my style, I attracted in a publishing manager, an editor, and a cover editor and of course my illustrator. So I have a team. Now they don't write the books. I write the books. They just help, you know, find the mistakes and make yeah. it better and whatever. And they do help me outline a little bit sometimes when I'm trying to brainstorm. Um, but somehow uh, through my fear of thinking, I can't do this because I have no experience doing this and yeah. I've never gone to school for this. Yeah. And I, it, it's, it's a, the product is, exactly perfect for that age group
0: yeah.
1: and it is uh you know it would be it would be endorsed by you know it, it's um it, it, I I managed to do it through my fear and you know, I was and I was terrified
0: I just I gotta I just shot something a <laughs> video this morning on on Instagram you had to actually put that stuff up that had to happen for you to get to this point it just it's part of it i tell people you know whatever goal that you're trying to achieve have a have a stated goal or a sense of purpose okay and really be clear about that and when you're clear about that then then don't focus on it anymore focus on the process of what you're doing and through that process you have to keep adapting and growing in that environment and that that lady that put that out that publisher that was part of your success. I'm sure that you know that because it identified
1: I I had to stumble in order to yeah, absolutely to, to succeed uh with this with this product. And now I would say these these books, I, I'm very proud of them. Yeah, I think anybody be. who reads them is 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 going to really enjoy them and um it, in the last few minutes if you don't mind uh can I give the shameless plug of where to no, where I was, to, where
0: gonna, to I, find was gonna tell, I was going to tell you where can we find all this for the okay, audience? so
1: so uh my website www.drru.health and like I said if you give it a week or two the uh picnic pirates will be out so you can get the other three books right now um, and what they do is they take you directly to Amazon. So you can also go to Amazon and type in Dr. Roo, but it's it's easier if you go to the website, drru.health And okay. then you just click on the book that you want to buy and it will take you right to Amazon to shop.
0: Excellent. Listen, uh, you were a lovely guest. I really appreciate. I oh, love, thank
1: you. And you're a love, wonderful host. Thank I, you.
0: I, I love, you know, one of the things I didn't know that I would like was is what we're doing right now. And I just absolutely—I used to be scripted when I came on. No, I know more about you, but I have—I—I'd I, rather just find out a lot more as we're talking, like we do now. It's authentic, it's raw, it's good, and you are a fantastic guest with a lot of really good information. I. I want to extend the, um, you know, if you ever want to come back on and share something. Oh, I'd uh, love to. Yeah, whenever that happens, just reach out. Um, I think you've reached out with Kara. I think there's something, you can get a hold of us. Yep. And let's do it again. Okay.
1: I have your email and I have Kara's information. So absolutely, we'll do And keep yeah. doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah,
0: forever. This is what I do day in and day out. So, anyway, thanks for coming on. Okay. We'll talk to you next time. Maybe I'll see a okay. dentist one of these days.
1: Sounds good, Jason. Thank you so much. Right. See
0: you later. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Serious Growth Podcast. For more episodes like the one you just listened to, subscribe to us on your mobile podcast app and leave us a review. If you'd like to reach out, you can find us online at SiriusGrove.com. Until next time, train smart and train hard.